0: Let's drop the green flag on this episode of the Talent Tank Podcast with your host, Wyatt Pemberton. Bringing you the best, fastest, most knowledgeable personalities in Ultra 4 and off-road racing. Alright, well here we go. The Talent Tank. We're coming to you from Lasertown, right here just south of uh, Habertown. Talent Tank Podcast. We've got
1: Ryan Thomas with us. Ryan, how are you? I'm doing great, man. In the desert, the sun is shining. The, the W word is not happening in Johnson Valley right now.
0: No, the, the weather today is amazing, but it's coming, so... Yeah. Yeah, it's coming. And I saw you sat on that side, the the left side of the seat, because you got the U4 on that side of the hat, so you finally have an Ultra 4 hat. That's pretty cool. It's new. I can still see where the <laughs> stickers were. But it's almost, it's, it's just as new as you in Ultra 4. You are now the president of Ultra 4 Racing. Dave somehow conned you into coming over here and working for him. But we're going to get to that in a little bit, man. I really, I mean, that's some, thank you for coming on the show. To, yeah, absolutely. To, to discuss that. I went through your background, through your bio, and I did all that on the day that I saw the press release that named this new guy that, you know, who's this new Who is guy? This guy? Who is this guy? Found you on LinkedIn, found you on Facebook. I mean, I was like, wow, okay, this guy's pretty legit. And so I, as I started thinking about interviewing you for this, we could do two hours, like, or maybe three, maybe four hours. I think we could talk and I talk. i like to talk. <laughs> I do too. But we've got 20, 20 slash 30 minutes I'm trying to fit in here. So we're going to do quite an abbreviated session.
1: family man. Yeah, yep. Uh, Almost married, 20 years? September, it'll be 20 years. Congratulations. uh, Yeah, it seems weird to be able to say that. I don't feel that old, but yeah. So amazing woman? She's a pretty amazing woman to put up with my antics, for sure. And all the the racing? The racing, the traveling around the world, surfing, going and chartering rickety boats in Indonesia for 10 days. She's kind of done it all. She was on Dust of Glory, actually, talking about Dust of Glory. She was part of the women's team. We, the original yeah, yeah, Just before we
0: uh, started recording, we were talking about Mouse McCoy putting together a 1,000-mile race in Texas. How, that'd be so cool. It would be special, yes. I'd love to see a race that long. It, you know, the, la- the last time there was a 1,000-mile race in the States was like 2009 Vegas Arena. Yeah, right.
1: The three-day, the long way, but it was like a stage race because they raced three, yeah, like I 330. I passenger in that race training a guy, and I won't ever do that again. That's a, that was a tough course, it, and it was yeah. like 136 degrees. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it was pretty bad. But and you guys have a, a six year old son, Gavin. Yeah, my wife's name is Amy, and Gavin is my son. Well, congratulations. What's he into these days? He well, it's pretty interesting. He skis, he surfs, and he. Our, my good friend Marty Fioka gave him a trophy cart for Christmas this year, so oh, he, wow. he has a trophy cart as well. Are you adopting? A child, no, <laughs> or an adult, <laughs> you can come hang
0: out. Oh man, but you did go to work for Ultra Force, so you did effectively adopt a bunch of babies. Yeah, right. Uh, right. A bunch of us. I love it. I absolutely love it. So, but you're from a racing family, I, indeed. You uh, you certainly had choices not to be in racing, but at the same time, you really didn't have a choice. You're you're in racing.
1: It, you know, it's it definitely is in my blood, and uh, I had a. a I wouldn't say that I'm I'm the most competitive person. Um, the the yes, racing is in my blood. Being in the desert, making dust, all of those things are part of my DNA. Um, and I was successful when I was racing full time for sure. It, the, a lot of what attracted it, attracted me to it. Um, I mean, obviously, driving a car fast when you're oh, it's in a your teens and twenty. That's that's a big part of it. But what I learned really fast was that the cycle of um, prepare and then practice and then execute and then evaluate and then do it over again, Recycle. it's a very fulfilling, um, you know, there's not a lot of things in life that you do that you get to understand exactly where you're at at the end of it, especially professionally. I mean, unfortunately, one of the only ways you can measure that is with money and that's not necessarily the best way to gauge success. So I, I really liked the racing part of, or the cycle, that, that, that evaluation component. And then you could tweak something and try it again in six weeks and see how you did. And you know immediately. I mean, you either win or you don't. And then you get to start over again. So you're a highly analytical dude. You could say, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> sure. I mean, doesn't sound like it's a fit for me, but okay. Really? Uh,
0: yeah. Well, I, I think that you like to, you're an, a data cruncher. Uh, yeah. and, and and you like to reflect on I like what? spreadsheets. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, there's those too. I was just I was thinking from the standpoint of uh, uh the, the the emotion through the execution, the emotion there through how those highs and lows equaled how you were doing during the race. Yeah. Yeah. And balancing that. That's where and and, and so you can take those data points of Oh, you know, wow! We should have been faster through that section. What went through my head during that section? Right. Oh, well, we were talking about something that happened last week. We went to a
1: movie. That's what I was talking about to my co-driver during that section. Well, there's wow, that another thing slowing us to down too. Is, is um, when I when I was racing most of my racing career, I drove a single seater, so there was no well. The we was, was me and my other buddy that's even funnier. In my head. Yeah. <laughs> so, but we had that exact discussion with other guys uh, in ultra four about going from the single seater to the two. seater. Yeah, I was and back. asking about that with guys about, I mean, the, um, it, it appears that in the early years of, of rock crawling and rock racing, that the co-driver was an integral part of, of getting through the rocks, but the cars seem to have evolved to the point where the winching isn't always as necessary. And maybe the co-driver isn't as necessary either. I don't know. I mean, I'm still learning about this stuff for sure. I have a take on that as well. I think, yes, I think the cars
0: have absolutely gotten much faster in the rocks. I think the drivers and the skills have gotten much faster in the rocks, but I also think here at the Hammers, we've ran the same trails mm-hmm. so much so often. That, yeah. and, it's, and it's just not during the race. It's also during non-race weekends all year. There's there's 51 other weekends yeah. during the year, and then they're getting traffic, and they're getting beat down, and they're getting rocked. But Mother Nature has a way of changing that on a whim. You know, A, a year ago, I remember seeing backdoor was only about five feet deep and now it's back to it's you know all that sand is redug out so mother nature has a way of continuing to change the course keeping us honest that's that's right <laughs> and the other way that uh, ultra four is keeping and hammer king is keeping the the drivers in the race honest is continue to change up the course and yeah. continue to add stuff so you guys added four new trails and they're getting a lot of traction i haven't heard anything but people not saying good things about them but only in the sense that it, it's been hard on them but the challenge, they're rising to the occasion of the challenge.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think that um, early on, I, I th- it was either with, with JT or Dave, I asked about, you know, what's what's our target attrition rate? Don't quote me on this, and, and I don't want to get myself in trouble, but I think either Dave or JT said, hey, if the only person that finishes is the winner, I'm good with that. I've heard Dave say when he was referring to UTV races racers a while ago
0: when UTVs were being added to the schedule that, and i got this quote actually today from my cameraman today uh Caleb Norman over here Caleb said that Dave actually said he'd be okay if none none finished like none and Dave said that i think about even before they were 4400 cars when they were just and sure. we were just four wheel drive guys unlimited four wheel drive guys you know
1: in in uh in the the world of participation trophies and snowflakes It's a fresh breath of air, isn't it? Yeah, I'm all for having it be. I mean, I I get it. Everybody wants to participate, but let's make it hard. And that, I think. Well, we are we are totally not following my
0: interview at all. But (laughs) I'm no, we're running down this path because I think three things happen on race day when the green flag drops. I think that there is the race between competitors. I think there's a race between the race driver the driver, and himself. Him, and himself. Yeah. I actually put that as the third spot. And herself. Uh, uh, and versus Mother Nature in the terrain. So you have versus competitor, versus terrain, and then versus self. Yeah. And the reflection on that and the overcoming that adversity, you can't change the competition. You can't change what Mother Nature is throwing at you. This isn't NASCAR. It's not circles and going left. This is boulders and miles and miles and miles and so that really puts the really the piece of the puzzle is that driver portion that's in your head. Yeah. And how you handle what's being thrown at you, that adversity, and are you prepared for that adversity? Because eighty percent of the field at some point this week during their race, they are gonna throw in their towel. There's and it's not a I think my right words for that is it's not a, a symbol of weakness to quit. Because there will be at some point you will quit this race. Eighty percent of this race you will quit for
1: one reason or another. That's a statistic I haven't heard, and I'm surprised to hear that when I look around and see that the type of individual that's out here in the desert right now.
0: Well, I'm not saying that you're quitting because you're weak of mind. You're quitting for some reason. You timed out, you, you had some adversity with a car, you for some reason or another. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not saying I'm not saying here to be like, uh, oh, this got hard. This got hard. You're going to come to they're going to come to a point where there's a problem that they won't be able to solve yeah. to continue forward. Understood. Yeah. Oh no. It, this isn't fair weather racing. No. This is fair weather racing. I mean, you should be, I don't know, at the go-kart track. I don't. That's <laughs> for the dime tour. That's uh that's that's my take that, yeah. th- that there's going to be you're going to have to quit. You're going to have to come to terms with that you're going to have to quit. And so that's, and I think there's guys out there that are much better trained
1: at overcoming adversity. Yeah. I mean, you sit in the driver's meeting this morning and, and uh, just look at guys fingernails. The majority of them have got dirt and grease underneath their fingernails.
0: And that's another part that I think I fully have seen and reflected on the guys that are the most successful that we have seen over years and years and years of competition are the
1: ones that are doing all their own prep. Oh, there's uh, – I have and they're strong, very handsome. strong, on opinion about that. Yeah, I, I mean, I grew up um, – there's a lot of people that think that, that because of my background, I just got handed a race car and, and told to, I could go drive, but the, I was the one that had to take it apart and put it back together every race. And guys like Rob McCarron, I mean, Rob McCackran spent He years, knows his car. Yeah, he knows it. He built them. He took them apart. He put them back together. And I can tell you that, that when you are uh, – when you hear a sound – you smell a smell. You see something out of the corner of your eye because you've touched every nut and bolt on that car and are intimate with it. You recognize when you're hurting it. You recognize when it is hurting. Yeah, there's no question.
0: I always love seeing on the so- on social media pictures of like Robbie Gordon underneath his truck, yeah, doing a, he's doing a training one.
1: swap. Love him, hate him. That th- Robbie is is uh, is very much in tune with the technical and mechanical side of the things that he does. And there's guys almost that, almost to his, to to his detriment. His, yeah, Love you, Robbie. I hope he
0: listens to this. <laughs> M- much discussion. Uh, yeah, I think you're spot on there. It's the, the, the guys that, again, they're hands-on. Yeah. And if you're hands-on, you're going
1: to know the car. And then when you do have the problem, you, that you can quickly triage. And that's not to say that the that guys that, that aren't can't be successful because there's those examples as well. But I, I think that the ones that are more well-rounded like that tep- typically just tend to do better it's not nascar like you, i mean when, no when and we can can't go down that pit, road too for sure
0: you can't just well you can pull into a pit like if you happen to break in the pits right there and you can get there yeah sure absolutely but what are the odds you can't you especially in this race a no chase race if you break on wrecking ball or you break on outer limits or if you break on spooners you're a long ways from your pits and
1: yeah. getting outside help yeah yeah the uh I think that it's, as we talked about, I, I, I got to spend quite a bit of time back in the early 2000s with quite a few um, IndyCar drivers and other racers from other disciplines with the uh, business that I used to be a part of, Wide Open Adventures. And um, no question that guys like Sebastian Bordeaux and, and um, Bordeaux, Bordeaux, I can't remember, uh, Oriol Servia, Michel Jourdain, those guys are amazing race car drivers, but you put them in the dirt in a in an environment where... <clears throat> they uh, the, the the what's around the next corner is is not predictable. Is unknown. They it, it took them a while. They did very well, but it took them a while to to realize that turn two is not always you know your breaking point at turn two is not always the same, and turn two might actually be turn turn six.
0: Well, and it's reading terrain. Well, yeah. And yeah. and if you're a pavement driver, you d- you can read maybe the angle of the turn, you know where the apex of that turn is, but you don't necessarily know how to read a G out.
1: Yeah, I think eventually the, those guys figure it out because they're they're you know like I said very skilled drivers, but it's that transition. So I think that guy. I mean, the pinnacle of it is motorcycle riders that ride in the dirt. the The consequences for not reading the train are obviously much more severe than than in a car with a roll cage and, and harnesses. And but then that extrapolates out on through. I mean, that's Jimmy Johnson. You talk to Jimmy, and, and a lot of what made him as good as he is on the pavement is how he was in the dirt because he had in his dirt experience. Years. Yeah, Rick. Rick Mears, Roger Mears, all those guys.
0: Oh, Robbie Gordon. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he had he had his four A and uh, the all of them. Yeah, but you've worked with some amazing
1: guys over the years. You worked with you worked with uh, Bob Gordon. Yeah, I mean, Bob drove our cars, so it, yes, definitely was was involved with with a lot of the early, um, the mostly buggy guys back then. But yeah, the, the Gordons, the McMillans, the Baldwins, the um the deans the herps kind of the who's who in, in motorsports back then off-road motorsports were driving chenneth cars yes
0: and those guys are uh, most of those names you named are still in it a lot not, of them not, are yeah not, not necessarily in chenneth but yeah they're still still racing yep. or their uh or their descendants or children yeah. or, or their next gen gen two or, yeah, gen, or three. gen three yeah yeah like in uh you know dan and andy of, and luke yep that's right and those guys are coming on we're getting uh Dan and Luke are coming on on Wednesday, so mm-hmm. I'm really excited to sit down with with them. That's well,
1: they're going to come on the show.
0: Yeah. Oh, bitchin'. Yeah, yeah, they're going to be out here, um, I'm, and I'm so excited about that because it's this whole genre. I mean, who would have thought two two years ago we'd have trophy trucks running at
1: hammers, just two T1 years trucks? Ago.
0: You're right. Absolutely correct. T1 trucks on Thursdays. Amazing. How amazing is that? That we wouldn't have said that two years ago, but then you know, last year it's like. Oh my gosh. like
1: breaking the internet. Awesome. Yeah. I, uh, it's funny. I, it's almost ironic today. Um, so last year I was in my office at Jackson when the, the T1 race was happening. And, uh, I've, I was completely unproductive that day at work. And I posted a, an Instagram picture. I took a screenshot or a picture of my screens on, on my desk and then I wrote, you know, with the little pen thing you can do on Instagram, um, breaking news, off-road industry, worst day of pro- productivity ever. Thanks, Dave Cole, or something like that. And, oh, yeah. it was so spot on. Yeah, and and I I was I was blown away by what I got to see sitting in my office, wishing that I was out here. Well, the live feed is amazing. It's yeah. absolutely
0: bar none, unparalleled. We're in the middle of nowhere. I you know don't don't even have cell phone signal, but somehow we can you know. We had Dan Campbell on already And Dan talking about how far they were beaming and stuff Yeah, absolutely I found myself at work as well Cheering like no other for Jesse James
1: <laughs>
0: Like how, like I felt like that was the coolest thing To see him come out of retirement yeah. Dust off the guys come out here And well, this is a ratio of, of, of attrition The Hammers, Johnson Valley is hard on race cars Yeah And he just kept chugging along And he ate up Well, What was the final uh, car, finished car count? It was, it was fairly low. It
1: was low, very low. And yeah,
0: Jesse chugged through. He outlasted everybody, aside from just a couple on the the podiumed. But there he was. Right. He was the the what is the right word? He was the little uh, engine that could. Right. And he's and he's not a little engine. No, he's, by he, no means. He, he's an awesome guy. The million dollar question: How did Dave convince you to come head up Ultra Four Racing?
1: Um. Yeah, that's an interesting question. We we had been. Um, it's funny how as you get older, your your spheres of influence or the people that you're around can like they they start to get well they get bigger, which means that they overlap more, and uh, it just seemed that we our paths were crossing um, more often than not. So we kind of got to know each other, and um, we were talking about working together, but but with two separate entities, you know, with with Ultra Four and and, uh, um, the company I was working for at the time, Jackson. And, I mean, all of it is is good. There was no animosity by any means between um, my past employer and and Dave. It just became more evident that the things that Dave was looking for um, were things that I could help with. And when I got the phone call from him, it, it wasn't something that I was anticipating or even contemplating, and in all honesty, I was at Camp Razor um, doing some work for VF Goodrich and Jackson, and um, it kind of it hit me out of left field. I'm like, dude, Dave, I got I'm like right in the middle. So I hope you don't expect an answer right now because I got a job to do. Um, but the more I thought about it and and um, realized that my, ironically, my life has been made up of um, I've spent a lot of time with visionaries that see things that other people don't see. Um, the, and, and even my dad, my, my dad was not the founder of Chenith racing products. Lynn Cheneth was. Lynn Cheneth was a visionary and the guy was still alive and an amazing individual who sees things that other humans don't see. And lots of times there people like that are operating so far ahead of everybody else that it, it, it appears as if there needs to be people that are, um, I don't know what the word is. I used to describe my relationship with the, the founder of Wide Open that he saw this beautiful brick building in his head. And he was running as fast as he can, finding bricks, throwing them up in the air. And I could understand what he saw. So I was catching the bricks and building the building that he saw. So I, I realized that there was an opportunity to be a part of something that, that is amazing And, um, it was, uh, there's, to me, the risk, um, for making that change was not probably what everybody thinks. And I asked the question to Dave the other evening, we we'd gone out to spooners, which was my, I I was divergenized on spooners.
0: (laughs) Indoctrinated.
1: (laughs) Yeah. That's probably the more appropriate way to say it. Um, as long as you weren't like little spoon. <laughs> I mean, yes, it, I heard the story about about the name, but um we were out there with the guys from tribe, I think. Yeah. And nice um guys. Yeah, I mean and and I've I've been really very fortunate over the last couple of weeks living out here and spending time with Camo and and lots of the other pioneers that um Yeah, you've been here since like the 10th, January 10th, there? yeah. Oh, January, t- yeah. weeks now. But I I'm I'm enough a part of the early part of desert racing, um, because of my background with, ultimately, a lot of the pioneers of the industry and the sport, that I, I I'm very cognizant of the fact that that's I don't have that in this environment, and I asked Dave. We were standing on a rock overlooking, looking down into Spooners and realizing that the guys down there that were with us, I mean, they're the badasses of of this culture. All of these people are. And I said to him, I said, "Hey, has there been any like, are people giving you crap for hiring an outsider to come in here and and help lead this thing?" And I honestly meant that because I I, I recognize that it's you know I'm I'm not a part of that core group, uh, and I have a healthy respect for what that means. Um, fortunately, he said no. I don't know if there's listeners out there that'll have a different opinion, but <laughs> I don't I don't believe so. Uh, at least I haven't heard him. Yeah. So I, I have a healthy respect for um, the the beginning of all of this, and I've you said the word indoctrination. I mean, I, the the people that I'd been meeting, and, and I uh, I mean, we were over in Apple Valley. Was it Chris? I'm going to screw it up. Chris Ridgeway? Yep. Yeah, I mean, we were going. Actually, we'd gone. on the to, same wavelength as you, man. Yeah. I we're doing good. <laughs> I, I mean, just out on a whim, he's like, hey, doesn't Chris Ridgeway live? Yeah, let's go see him. And we'd pull in, and I mean, his family's there, and Dave calls them up. We're coming to say hi. And I mean, there's, there's, I understand all of this stuff. I may not have been a part of it, but I get the, 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 um. The well, gra- the emotion the, and, and the, the gravity of the situation. The gravity is, is a great word. You. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, you just gave me goosebumps. Look at that. So it's an honor. I mean, really it is to, to be accepted the way that I've been up to this point. Um, it, It's, it's an honor. And I want to make it clear Dave's not going anywhere, and there is absolutely no way in hell that, that – I mean, there's no way in hell that any one person can replace Dave. No, there needs to be about 10. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, that's how – no, I, you are absolutely correct. Dave's not
0: going anywhere, but I think it's really cool to see Hammers has gotten to a point and that Dave has self-reflected enough to know he can't juggle – he can't continue to juggle – 10 balls and, and he keeps adding every year he adds another one or two or three and, and he's trying to keep them all yeah. the ground. and things well things ultimately get get dropped and that's not a knock on Dave at all it's the furthest thing from it he's a big idea guy and he needs those guys running out in front of him throwing the bricks, the bricks catching <laughs> bricks and it's it's been really cool to be a, a part of ultra four for the last decade and I personally I mean I welcome you so to the community like open arms and my my thought on being positive about that is you can't continue to go to the well getting water and then expect beer and and so sometimes you got to go to a different well yeah and that's what we needed i think that's what dave needed i think he he's known he's an again smart guy intelligent guy smart guy he's always looking forward Big idea guy, and he knew for me to take this baby of eighty thousand people that are out here on the lake bed this week
1: and take it to the next level, he needs a, a fresh look. Somebody's interesting to hear you say eighty because I, I mean, the first I came out for the first time in two thousand fifteen, and the number was being estimated somewhere between forty to fifty, and then I've heard the number sixty to seventy thrown around. But you're the first person that said eighty, and before you respond to that, the only reason I'm I, it. Caught me is I know that there's a, a solid push within the organization that we do not want to overstate things when it comes to numbers and statistics. So I'm not calling you out on that. I guess what I'm thinking is, is today is Saturday, and when I came in 2017 for or 2015 for the first time, I don't. I, I think we are bigger, and this is approximation. I came in this morning, you know, but, and the, the
0: RVs are all the way uh, out, almost to. They're, they're already starting yeah. at uh, the turn to Dave's address up there to Dave's shop. The RV is already full on both sides. Yeah. And now
1: I don't... That, that It could very well be 80, I, I d- guess is my yeah, point. but I, I don't have satellites Lotus. linking
0: up in space and like checking uh, you know, a yeah. head count down here. But I wouldn't be shocked at that number yeah. when someone said it. Now, what's the true number? Maybe we've just all been inflating it. It's truly only 25,000. But I think yeah, that's I no think so. way. I think they're already here. And then... Again, this is Saturday. Wait until Wednesday when everyone starts showing up for T1s and the T1 teams show up. Well, I guess you're going to
1: have a little bit off saying because some UTV guys will have left. Yeah, but, but. you know, the, the other part about that, and it's a, a huge part of, again, what I was attracted to is that um, this is recreation. You know, it's not just the, the motorsport side of it. People come out here and do this for fun. People do the same thing in Baja, you know, oh, and, right. and, and, but, um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm sure some of the UTV teams will leave, but a lot of them are just going to hang out cause they love it out here.
0: That's right. There are, they're part of the community. It's part yeah. of it. and some of them are game planning what their next move is. Are they going to move up? Are they going to move down? Are they going to stay? Well, I mean, there's guys that are making really good livings professionally UTV racing.
1: Yeah, no, I was talking to, to some of the head people at Can-Am this afternoon and, and, um, the, the vision for a company like Can-Am and, and where things are going. I mean, there's, there's definitely, I, I, I wouldn't e- I heard you say move up, and if I was trying to make a living driving off-road race cars today, I would be all about a UTV. Other, they're big names, like, <laughs> like Blurton, like oh, Guthrie's. Oh, man, the, uh, the field that we have for this race tomorrow is going to be insane. I'm real excited to get back into town and find out how the qualifying is going and who's on top.
0: Well, that said, before I do get you out of here, this is your first year. We're kind of talking about it a little bit. But what are your off-the-cuff thoughts on where we're at this early in the week, your first year being in management? What do you think? Um,
1: As expected? Well, yeah. I mean, I, I, I had the the experience of being here in 15 and 17. Um, what should have been obvious and and just really kind of has floored me is – both times when I came out here. And I think anytime you go to an event, like as a spectator or a participant, you show up and stuff's just here. You don't visualize what goes into creating all of that. So that part of the indoctrination has been very helpful to kind of see it emerge out of the desert. Um, as far as how it's going so far. Before, before I let you continue, when was the last time you had a hot shower? Last night, no- actually this morning. Oh, dang. but I will say that the, the, so I brought my own motor home and it's a, 1986 Hawkins motor coach so I'm a member of the Vintage Motorhome Association. We travel in packs because we have to. Um, I, my hot water heater blew out of it a week and a half ago. So I did go for about a week and a half with no shower. And when I when Dave found that found that out, I thought it was like a badge of honor. He's like, "Dude, get it fixed. Come on, you got to take a shower." <laughs> but yeah, so uh yeah, I had a shower this morning. But <laughs> My ankles were filling up in water because I hadn't been pumped, so my, my
0: oh, ankle was full. I saw that. That's the most important guy in Hammer Town. It's not Dave right? Cole. it's right? the guy driving the honey
1: pot. So, yeah, as far as as uh, comparing it to years past or where we are right now, um, that's been a question that I've been asking every one of the staff that I am in touch with. You know, like how how's it going? How does this seem compared to years prior? And um, I mean, it, it appears as if. Um, the progress made building Hammertown. Um, there were some warnings a weekend, like, hey, it seems like we're ahead of schedule. Don't let that, you know, lull us into a false sense of security that we got more time. But I think um, I think things are going well. We had basically the first um, competitive component here this morning. And so we, we shifted from the building of Hammertown to then operating the, the race. Um It appeared as if the live feed got up and running. I got to be a part. I was up on Fisher's week and a half ago, aiming uh, microwave microwave. towers. Um, So, from my perspective, it it, it appears things are going well. I know that there's a lot of variables out here, and and, um, we, weather being one of them. So, I think all of us are prepared for 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 whatever might happen.
0: Well, I'm really, really happy to hear you say that, to, to basically leverage what our discussion about prepping your own race car and knowing what goes into it and what nuts go where and what bolts go where and, like, what noise make, The fact you were up on Fissure with, I'm assuming, with Travis Walter aiming yeah. microwaves, that you
1: are getting into the bowels
0: of the beast yeah. and knowing what, you what goes where. You can't fake
1: wear. leadership without having been involved. I mean, I— don't take this the wrong way there's if it would take 10 people to replace Dave it would take a university to replace Travis (laughs) but yeah I I need to get my arms around all of it you know and And it's uh, baby steps and there's the whole community is actually
0: here wanting you to be successful and praying you're you're successful because if
1: you're successful we're successful right and that's a again I I understand the gravity of, of what's going on here because there's there's I mean there's an industry that's being created out of all of this not to mention a lifestyle and a culture and all the rest of those things and um, I don't take that responsibility lightly. Well I'll tell you what
0: I'm super pumped to have you as part of the community I'm super pumped to have you helping contribute to making stories and helping these guys make stories and make history and move the ball on that that's pretty awesome.
1: Yeah I, I'm, I'm excited about
0: it. Well, Ryan, welcome to uh, welcome to the club. Thank you for coming on the Talent Tank today. I appreciate it. And it's really good to meet you. I've heard you. I've, I've heard you. <laughs> Thanks. Likewise. Appreciate Thank it. All right, man. Good luck this week. Thank you. Thank you for listening and taking a dive into the Talent Tank. Please like and subscribe on Instagram at the Talent Tank or our website, thetalentank.com.